Welcome to the Mike Signorelli Podcast. It's good to have you. Over the next 30 minutes, I'm going to do my best to answer the questions that you're actually asking. Before we jump in, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. Come on, let's get started. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Mike Signorelli Podcast. We're here live in New York. It's not live by the time you listen to it, but I'm live right now. I've got one of my favorite people in the entire world with me today, none other than Anthony Spark. And I'm telling you, I'm just going to say it right now. This is going to be life-changing. He was asking me before we started, like, uh, you were asking me something to the effect of, like, what do you hope is a result of this? Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to... Yeah, what's the outcome? And I'm just going to tell you, my hope is that spending 20, 25 minutes with me and him is going to inspire you so much to actually do something that not only do you do it, but that you share it with someone so that they can do it too. Mm. Because every time I'm around you and you leave and your presence kind of dissipates, I feel like I'm on drugs. I feel the same way. And I know that sounds crazy. I feel the same way. But it's, and, and, and I'm not advocating drug usage. I'm just saying it's like you have a personality that's intoxicating because you live the stuff you say. Totally. And why don't you just say hi to everyone? What's going on, guys? I'm looking forward to talking, trying to get my mic figured out here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I feel the same way about Mike. I love every day and every... It's just when you get around somebody that's a visionary that wants to change their life, that just has a a big goal, it's, it's just... It allows you to th- see what you could do. It gives you the vision to be able to accomplish things. So, I mean, I love hanging out. I was so excited to be on the podcast. Yeah. I love being here. You know, we've been talking for like three hours basically before the microphones turned on. So it's the same thing. Yeah, we've got this crazy story. Um, I'm just gonna. I feel like we got to set some context up. Let's do it. So I'm a guy from Indiana. And I had a New York dream. And for me, New York was Master Splinter and the Ninja Turtles. New York was Sex in the City. You know, because right. that's all I really knew. So I came out here, played some shows, met some people, and then decided to detonate my whole life, sell my house, et cetera, et cetera, and then serve a, a, another local church here um, on Long Island. Right. And then out of that, I was going to plant V1 Church. Yep. And so I met you because you came in one Sunday and filled out a connect card. And my job was to call the people that filled those cards out. Yep. And they're supposed to be these like 30 second conversations like, hey, thanks so much for coming to church. Like we'd hope to get to meet you again. And then for us, it turned into like, instant bromance um intimidated my wife like who is this new person (laughs) who is this new person moving in and i think we talked for like an hour we did yeah and that's how it started i don't even think i ever told you the first half so the reason i went to connect was we had moved to a place in belmore oh i wasn't supposed to say (laughs) oops um so we, we moved to a place in belmore the reason we moved to the place in belmore is we were we were living we were sharing a condo with some friends and next door to us they moved in these people that just were didn't have a full deck of cards and one day callan was going my wife callan was going to do the laundry and this guy ran at her and like with a chain so I had a year lease at this, this place in Massapequa, and Callan's like locking herself. I said, that's it. So we went to go look for new places. Callan falls in love with this place on the water that's like a little bit north of top budget. Mm. I don't want to move into this place, yeah. but we're moving from this one place. It's like an emergency. So she's like, I really, and it's like the first place we look at. Mm. So she's like, I really want to move in here. I really want to move in here. I'm like, 
all right, no problem, we'll, we'll move in here. That weekend moving in, I lost my job at the time. I had been building companies, Are you but I lost my me? job moving in like that weekend at this place that was way more than it was supposed to be. So even being in that place was like a weird thing. So the church wow. that we had went to was walking distance, and that's how we ended up meeting. So wow, that's how it started. I never knew that. And you know what? This says so much about you. When I met you, I thought to myself, this guy's so full of life. He's so full of joy. Like you just had that kind of um, just just one of those like magnetic personalities. And now for, this is literally the, I've known you for years now. And it's the first time I've ever heard that side of the story, yeah. which is incredible because it says so much about who you are. And so for those of you who don't know um, who Anthony is, he basically, I mean, I'm hyping you up so much. <laughs> well, you're the best hype man out there. So. I was going to say, you know what it is though? Like I've been towards positivity. Like we were saying, like I, my entire life, I wake up like yep. ready for life. My wife, my, my mom said that I woke up rattling my crib every single morning to this day. I wake up that way. Yep. And, um, and so I've been, even though I've been through hell, I've been towards positivity. Mm -hmm. Sure. And so it comes through as like a, a, an encourager, but it's just the way I emphasize. Like I, I really right. do. And that's how I've survived. Totally. <laughs> like totally. You don't make it this far, dude, bending towards negativity. No, it's true. But for you, like, you know, so how did you get from that point? How did you, cause like, I think when we were talking about what, sh what should we talk about today? I was like, you know what me and you've done the last couple of years, we've dramatically changed our lives. Yeah. Big like time. in front of each other. Totally. Like I watched you go. Well, now I know the story from a guy who lost his job, who just got an apartment that he probably shouldn't have tried to get in the totally. first place, all the way to like a homeowner in one of the most expensive regions of the whole U.S. Yep. And I went from dude who sold everything to come out to New York. It didn't work out, moved back to Indiana. And then with your help and many other people moved back launched yeah. v1 has I've, we've done collectively as a team something that people have said a church hasn't done in this de in this region for decades yeah. so I, I really want to reverse engineer that right so like like how do we do this yeah so i mean i got to the place that i am because i mean i just was blessed to have people come in my life that, that totally changed the way i looked at things so i grew up i had a crazy family background myself um, my dad was in prison uh, he got addicted to painkillers you know and he just had a lot of challenges and the, the reality is and i think a lot of people will relate generationally hurt people hurt people you know when you're growing up you just don't realize that your parents learn things from their grandparents and they learn things and you have these generational things that happen and most people are just so ignorant their intentions are good but well-intentioned ignorance will still kill you regardless of if they mean well or not so i grew up so and good we had a just a you know a tumultuous family background my mom was working seven days a week as a nurse and i started working at 12 i was working full-time at the time i was 15 helping her pay the bills and you know i want to be able to buy stuff for myself and like go on trips and buy a car so it's really noble if you say i want to help my mom and buy stuff I really i was 16 i want to buy stuff and help my mom you know so you still did it yeah though. i, de I definitely <laughs> Just be real. I definitely still did it, but uh, you know the syntax definitely changes the intentions for sure. But you know, growing up, I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to be, I always wanted to do something great. I wanted to do something that impacted people. I wanted to do something that mattered. I couldn't imagine myself doing something where I just kind of resigned to this mediocre office space type life. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, office space. I don't remember when it came out, but I was, you know, I remember watching that as a teenager, and I feeling like jobs I had were like that. Yeah, where it was just I was sitting in this cubicle doing nonsense for people I didn't like, that didn't respect me, not doing anything that made a difference, when on the other side of the
side of the world, you have people starving to death and challenges and people suffering. And here I am in a cubicle moving spreadsheets around. So when I was graduating high school, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I did want to make a difference. I wanted to impact people. And I did, I had a, I wasn't so Pollyanna to think that you could just ride a unicorn on the Peace Corps and pay your bills for your family because I've been working full time yeah. since I was 15, 16. So I did 2006, I was graduating high school. I'm, I'm 31. I did the math and mm. you needed about $400,000 a year household income pre-tax to live in a middle-class neighborhood on Long Island without having a nuclear bomb go off on your relationship when the transmission goes in your car. To be able to go on a family trip, properly save for retirement. And that wasn't like a, a really doable kind of a thing. Right. You know? Yeah. So I figured I'd go to med school, but I, when I was young, I ended up meeting someone that just had an amazing life, totally changed everything. My, my business partner, Tony, and he just, him and his wife, Francis, were just unbelievable people. Yeah. And they had built multi million dollar companies. So the only reason that I was ever able to get to where I was is somebody made a decision and helped my wife and I. Yeah. You know, and I think that that kind of goes with everybody because I know your similar story and some people, I mean, oh, with Dave yeah, Gargano yeah. and just a lot of people in your past. I think the main reason that we're here, more importantly than our, have we worked hard? Sure. Have we, you know, don't, absolutely, no doubt. You're not going to build a multi million dollar company or the yeah. fastest growing church in the Northeast. Um, in decades, because that's who Mike Signorelli is. <laughs> right. Um, you're not going to do that without hard work and effort yeah. and learning. But I don't think without mentorship, help, and someone helping, you know, teaching you that you're going to be able to do that with the right info. That's it, man. I think loneliness kills more dreams than anything else. Totally. You know, just that feeling of I have isolation. Yeah. And even if I could be successful, do I want to do it alone? Right. You know, and that for me was like the big, when I met you, I was lonely. Mm. I mean, I, and, and I was in a place where it was like, I went to go do the euphoric church dream. I'm right. going to move to a major metropolitan. Right. I'm going to sell everything I own to to build a local church and then it all sort of imploded on me and I felt myself I was in a vulnerable place mm. and I was like I need somebody to to I need a brotherhood I need somebody mm. to partner with me mentor me a fatherhood yeah. like I need that and that for me was Dave Gargano yeah. and he was like hey I just launched Road to Life Church in Indiana you should come back home to Indiana apprentice under me and then we'll send you back to New York and I was super skeptical, but I did it anyways, because yeah. I got some miraculous confirmations from God, like yeah. supernatural realm stuff. And what was supposed to be a one-year commitment to him ended up being a three-year commitment. Yeah. And then you guys know the rest of the story. Like I came back and, but here's my point, like, like you, there's no way you were going to go from like the 12 year old kid, really kid, totally, um, who was supporting, helping to support his family to like where you are now, just off of on your own, you know, because you're one of the most intelligent people I know. And even, even being individually intelligent is not enough. No, I think that like, can be more of a detriment sometimes. I know that's my thing. Yeah. And, and you know what? I was a really avid reader myself. I dropped out in the 10th grade mm -hmm. and literally read myself to destroying the SATs, getting right. into college at 17 and then grad, you know, like that's my story. Yeah. Like I, when I was a high school teacher on the other end of college, I taught grades I never went to. Right. Like, so you can read yourself to that level. No doubt. But when you talk about this next realm of success, yeah. you're not going to do that divorce from mentorship. Totally. You and can't. You can't. And like, it's funny because, and, and you know how I know somebody has been mentored is they're humble. Totally. 
And like, I hear that there's a level of humility when you share your story that is the result of knowing, like, I didn't do this alone. And when people tell me like, V1 did this or this, this, it's amazing. I'm like, okay, that idea was this guy's. Right. That other guy was this guy's yep. who's mentoring me. That's the idea. And you and you look better to the people who are immediately following you, but everyone knows. Totally. So like for you though, and we kind of have a similar story, like kind of what I want to drill down on is when I, so I meet you, you're in this apartment that you yep. can't afford after losing a job. Yeah. And now just years later, you're in a completely different situation. Um, you know, for me, you met me, I'm living in like a basement apartment on Long Island. And now I went from number two guy to lead pastor. We launched two churches in two years here in New York, like V1's thriving. Um, and so, but I remember having the phone calls with you Mm -hmm. where I'm, at Road to Life Church in Northwest Indiana. Hey, dude, I've got this crazy, audacious dream. Yep. I know I just drove past cornfields on the way mm-hmm. to work today. I know that my wife is working retail in the evenings. Mm-hmm. Like People don't even know. Like Julie was literally working retail oh in the gosh. evenings. I had no idea. You never even told me that. Dude, same no thing. Idea. Like I never knew that you lost your job moving in the apartment. Like Because yeah. we... Because I think... I'll put it like this. I'm going to speak directly to the audience right now. We're breaking the third wall. If, if everyone you know knows your problems, you're probably failing worse than you realize. Absolutely. No like doubt. If, if we're just sitting down to do a podcast and I'm just finding out now you were in the worst situation in your life when I met you and I was so impressed with like, this guy's amazing, he's crushing <laughs> it, then I would say like if you're listening to this right now and everyone you know knows your problems, your situation is worse because you've made it worse. Totally. And no I doubt. think me and you are vision-focused people. Right. And when I called you from Road to Life saying, hey, I've got this crazy, I know I drove, drove past uh, cornfields. I know that uh, my wife's working retail, but we have this vision to go to New York, one of the craziest, scariest places. They say this is the graveyard of churches. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, do you know Jesus and right. what he does in graveyards? Totally. I mean, that's his stage. Right. So it's like, doesn't scare me. Yeah. But you were always the kind of person that was like, Mike, not, this is what I love about you. This is why you're a one percenter in my mind. Like you would take my vision and like triple it. Mm. Like I would tell you, like, I just want to launch a church. You're like, dude, you're going to launch seven of them and you're going to have 50,000 people in regular weekly attendance and we're going to break it. And, and so like, and I've, and I've championed you, you know, and like, that's kind of the basis of our relationship is me being like, come on, Anthony, like we're all crazy. And like, we work ourselves into a frenzy and it's like Legion of Doom, WWF, (laughs) (laughs) but like, how did you, have you always been that person uh, well, you how know, do the people listening and watching become that, or how okay. do they, you know, how do they go from like nah, I'm complaining about everything totally. to like totally. that? You know, this, this, you know, so a few things with it. First and foremost is I find whatever you say, you can have. Most people, and they're like, oh, wow, that, it's not that simple. If you can't claim something, you're not ever going to be able to experience it. And the words that you speak ultimately are seeds that you're sowing that come to fruit. So it does. you create your reality. You're simultaneously experiencing reality and creating it at the same time. Yeah. But most people, they'll say that that's simple, but then you ask them to talk about their goals and they can barely have anything but dust come out of their mouth. Right. So first and foremost, you want to change your life. You need to change the way that you speak and the level that you speak at. Second, if you're complaining all the time, there's nothing easier than finding negative about people. 
Right. There's nothing easier than finding the challenges and, you know, complaining and finding something. That's not your job and that's not how you succeed and that's not how you, you're happy or ever accomplish anything. When you look at someone, you're supposed to look at them for the seeds of greatness that are in them and the person that God intended for them to be. I don't care what's covering it. I don't care the challenges. I don't think anyone's defined by their worst mistakes. Right. That's the worst way to define somebody. You define somebody for what their true God-given potential was supposed to be. Yeah. So like when you came, I was like super bummed that you had to leave, mm -hmm. you know, back to Indiana. So, and I remember the conversations because as far as I was concerned, you were like one of the most successful people ever at the same time. Mm -hmm. So like you're in Indiana, like, you know, driving past cornfields. I remember I'm in Melville or no, actually I'm in Huntington and I'm right by where Tony, because me and Callan used to live with Tony. And I remember having a conversation with you about how Dave and Vanessa launched their church and how they were youth pastors. And I took notes on, I took notes on how they farmed this youth and they had all all these people and they went and they planted a church and it went to one or three thousand people in a few years yeah. and I put some leadership stuff together from that wow. so I always had expected you yeah. to have huge things from mm. when I met you because when you meet somebody that's willing to sell everything they have and move across the country I don't care you're an immigrant you're first generation somewhere you learn a new language you're willing to sell you're willing to detonate everything in your life that's all it takes to succeed because yeah. you're living on faith and you're willing to go yes. and push all the way and the question is how many times are you willing to do it Totally. That to me, if somebody is like, how do I, because if you're living the life right now, I think really what, when I look at you, when I look at my life, I mean, we have problems, but we just, I mean, leadership is just graduating to bigger problems. Totally. That's it. Really. Like yeah. I'm just, so if you're working a nine to five, if you're whatever, and you're like, man, I would love to have that life, the, to remove all mystery from it, you are just going to graduate to being able to handle bigger problems. That's all. That's, That's literally all it being is. Being uncomfortable and at a different level. Yeah. And it just affects you less. Yeah. I, I I can have a bigger problem and be affected less than yeah. you are by your small problems. That's yeah. all it really is. And, and, and so that's why we have mentors because they have bigger problems than us and totally. handle those even better totally. than we do with our crap. So for me, it's like when I look at our lives and I see that we're kind of migrating from each stage, like I can literally chart our course and say, whoa, dude, yeah. in five, six years, we have proof of concept. Totally. Like all of our leadership stuff actually worked. Yeah. And I say our, we all know it's the Bible. Yeah. We all know it's God and the, the, these principles, yeah. you know, like John Maxwell is an Indiana pastor right. who gets famous after just basically putting in 21st century vernacular, like right. Hebrew lessons. Right. But I think it's like what I learned is like, okay, I cashed everything out once, right. went back to Indiana, started getting comfortable again. The church is growing. I'm now this exec pastor extraordinaire. The staff yeah. is growing. I've got talented people around me. I'm picking up prestige. I have all the glory of being a pastor, none of the blame because I'm the number two. Mm -hmm. It goes to the number one. Yep. And I remember feeling the temptation of maybe I just stay. Mm. And it was actually cashing it all out again. Yeah. And I think about like Walt Disney. I think about all those stories like, you know, Steve Jobs. Like the real question, it's like most people watching or listening, like you don't have the guts to cash everything out the first time. Totally. Most people don't. You actually have to, the secret is you have to do it once and then right. do it again. And yeah. then when your pile of crap and your stuff gets bigger, you do it again. Yeah. And then you, and then when that pile gets bigger and actually like my mentors, it's like I watch them do that. Yeah. It's like you just have a bigger pile of chips that you're willing to push into the table every time, every single time. Yeah. And it's funny because same thing happened again. 
not you know it's like v1 is being very successful on long island we're filling up the main auditorium and the overflow auditorium and then i start getting comfortable mm. we have 50 people on the worship team all of our dream team and volunteers are thriving and yep. i'm like dude we could put everyone in a rotation i, I can give myself a raise praise right. god um you know because we came in at poverty level <laughs> wages just to you know to yep. go all in but then i i remember that lesson came back to me Am I willing to gamble again? Am I? Yeah. And it's it's gambling to the people who don't understand how it works. Right. To me, it's sowing it was, and reaping. Yes, that's what I was just gonna say. And so, guess what? I go all in on Queens. Yeah. Now Queens is sustainable. That's thriving. And then the question is, at what point do I do it again? Yeah. And so, for you, like, how would you encourage somebody listening to this who has never done it at all? Oh, totally. So, um, like that first step, because that's where we started this whole talk. Yeah. Like before we started rolling the cameras, you were saying like, both me and you, what we have in common is like making people get to the point where they're willing to take that first step. Yeah. Um, that concept, I think, and, and this is super unpopular and people don't like to talk about it and it's like this super taboo topic, but I think one of the most important things for you to be able to succeed in building something, whether it be business or church or anything, is tithing. Because mm. if you don't, tithe, if you're, because most people live in fear mm-hmm. of lack. So if you're not willing to give what you have mm-hmm. and, and expect to get more, then you can never do it ever. Wow. You know, so like when you're willing to give a portion, when you're generous in your money and your time, you don't worry about it, mm-hmm. you know, because if you're willing to give everything away of your own accord, there's nothing that can scare you that could make you go bankrupt. See, that's funny. Because it doesn't matter. I, yeah. And and by the way, you just said that. There's no prompting for me to say that. But no, you, but Mike, you won't talk about that. I always talk about this. <laughs> that's Mike like refuses to talk about money. I walk in here and I'm like, wow, this equipment. And Mike starts justifying how it's, it's being second purpose because it's the church's. No, I know. I, it's great. You know? <laughs> that's what I love about you, though. Like, well, and that's the thing is your whole life is a tithe. Right. And maybe that's what this is. Maybe it's just like people Same are thing. stingy with so their, stingy. With, they're stingy with their security. Yeah. They're stingy with their um, their own comfort. Right. Like, I want to hoard this comfort. Right. And we're just saying, well, what if we tithed our comfort? What if we tithed yeah. our, our, our security? Like, and, and we're not right. saying anything. Jesus is saying, when you lose your life, you find it. Yes. Just fill in life with anything else. That's it, man. And do you really believe it? I remember the first time I ever worked for Pastor Dave, I gave my entire check in the offering. Mm. And part of it was, I just was, I remember challenging myself, like, do I actually believe this or not? Yeah, like, totally. Is, is I remember this, that too. And every day that week, somebody gave me, a, a, incrementally gave me a little bit of money. And they would say, the Holy Spirit told me to do this. And by the, by, I think it was Friday, I had the total sum of money was equal to what I gave. Right. And I almost felt like it was God being like, like, yo, right. this works. Totally. And I, and I, you know, I think that, but then that's my thing is it's a concentric circle. It's like, I, I did that with money and then you just keep you upping it, it and you get a little bit more dramatic with it to the point where you're yeah. like, what if I gave my whole house? Yeah, totally. What if I gave my whole life? What if yeah. I, you know, and I think my challenge to anyone listening, like, cause when I look at your life, man, I mean, it's like, you know, you're retired, you know, mm. in, in a sense that like, I mean, you're living this crazy different reality than most people I'll ever meet but the thing is it didn't happen to you right you happen to it yeah totally and that's my biggest like that's why I think me and you really like bond so much as we we 
we know that like this gear, these things, like there's people watching it's like, oh, I wish I had a podcast. I wish I had whatever. And it's like, they don't know that the, that the season one of this podcast was me talking into my phone. Right. And it was to send those messages back to the launch team of V1. Right. And it was like, and then I just, because I didn't make excuses about what I did and didn't have. Right. And the irony of it is it was one of those episodes getting shared that led to the next level. Right. So it's like, whatever you can do, begin it now. Don't make any excuses. And then just God will bring the provision, you know, as you go. So, hey, we got like literally one more minute. I'll let you have the last word. Like anything that you're just like, man. Um, Yeah. Uh, Don't be fearful. If you're going to fear stuff, you're never going to have anything. You can literally manifest anything in your life that you want and any excuse or anything that anyone says, specifically yourself, is totally false. There's two reasons people fail in life. They believe things to be true that are actually false. They believe things to be false that are actually true and you have an inability to discern the difference and that's the problem without mentorship. No matter how smart you are, you need perspective and a model for the mindset. So you need to find someone who's got that kind of a life around you. So you can learn what's real and what's not and fix the software. There's no hardware problems. Most people walk around like there's something wrong with me. I'm not white enough, black enough, old enough, young enough, gay enough, straight enough. I'm not Christian enough, Muslim. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. You have two eyes, two ears. You're hearing us. This transcends any of those different hardware issues. It's a software problem and you can change the way you think. If you change the way you think, you change what you do, you change what you do, you change your results. Man, he just dropped gold. <laughs> I can't believe this podcast is free after that. Like, I was like, what? Now do you see why he was on this episode? Um, definitely check him out. Check out his social platforms and the stuff that he's feeding yeah, throughout. Phoenix Evolution. The, yeah. Anthony Spark. That's it, shameless, man. That's my only shameless blog. Yeah, check out the show notes for links to all that stuff. Thanks so much. I love you. I Not just for being for on the Signorelli. show, but being on my life. Freaking love you. <laughs> One of my best friends in the world. <laughs> hey, guys, if you like this, give me five stars. Share it with a friend. Subscribe to this podcast. And I will see you next episode. If this episode helped you in any way, visit MikeSignorelli.com and sign up to receive encouragement and resources directly to your inbox. I'll see you over there and I'll see you next episode.